Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Well, I'm going to do, I think I'm going to do a one shot today. You never know with me. Maybe you do know, I don't know. Here, I'm going to give you this one too. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 4. I had this on my heart, this passage of scripture, and I've never, I've never, well, I shouldn't say I've never, but rarely do I do any sort of expository teaching or preaching, but I'm gonna today. At least I'm gonna see what happens. Um, I studied this way for this. How many enjoy First and Second Peter? Boy, man, they're just some, they're full of, of uh, I know a lot of times Paul gets the most attention, um, but Peter had a few things to say too. Um... I mean, what a man. Think about it. Here's a guy who was saved before Paul, walked with Jesus physically, yet took correction from Paul. Wow. That's impressive. That's really impressive. You can tell that, and I've often, I've read through that passage, you know, where Paul was, he basic, or Peter had basically separated himself from the Gentiles when the Jews, early Jews that were converts came into the church. And he did it because he was afraid of the uh, Messianic Jews. He was afraid of what they thought about him. And in the midst of that, Paul calls him out publicly in front of all of them. How many would enjoy that? All right. <laughs> Anyway, he calls him out publicly in front of everybody and says, if you, being a Jew, live as a Gentile, how is it now you want the Gentiles to live like Jews? I mean, he basically, he was saying, look, stop being a hypocrite, Peter. That's what he was saying. And he called him out. And, and Peter repented. Peter did not, in fact, Peter did not, in his letters, he didn't go, um, you know, Paul's a good guy, but watch out for him. You know what I mean? No, he, he gave he gave Paul credit uh, where credit was due as far as his yieldedness to the Lord and stuff like that. And so there's a lot we can learn from Peter. I really believe Peter heard the voice of the Lord um, in Paul. He didn't just hear, he didn't just look and see a man. He didn't see, uh, you know, somebody. He saw and heard the Lord, and so he repented. But I want to, the title of the message this morning is called Fiery Trial. Fiery trial. And then underneath I put, are you surprised? (laughs) Are you surprised? So in seeking the Lord on what to minister from his word this morning, I had a particular portion of scripture come up in my heart. Really, it was a portion of a passage found in 1 Peter 4.12, talking about a fiery trial. I knew the Lord was giving me the title of the message for today. In praying and studying this passage, I felt impressed to preach an expository message this morning. Typically, I follow the topical format, but it seemed good to preach um, this chapter of the Bible today. So this morning, let's join our faith together and extend it and believe God to speak to us from His Word. And as we do, I know we'll be blessed in it. So 1 Peter chapter 4, verse number 1 is where we're going to start. It says, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh... Arm yourselves also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he may no lo- that he should no longer live the rest of the time in the flesh for the lust of the fl- of men, but for the will of God. For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles, when we walked in lewdness, lusts, drunkenness, revelries, and drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. In regard to these, they think it strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation, speaking evil of you. 
They will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this reason, the gospel was preached also to those who are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. And as each of you has received a gift, minister it to one another as good, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Verse 11, if anyone speaks, let him speak as of the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning what? The fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you, if you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you, or the, or the spirit of, the, of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part he is blasphemed, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, as a busybody in other people's matters. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. For the time has come for the judgment, for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Now, if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good and as to a faithful creator. Father, we just thank you for your word this morning. Lord, we go to it now reverently. Father, we believe you. I believe you for utterance and boldness to speak as we ought to speak. Lord, I know that the entrance of your words brings light. So, Father, I believe for light with my brothers and sisters in Christ today. I believe, Lord, that you are going to help us all by your spirit and your word to be more effective in your kingdom, to grow spiritually. Lord, we desire the sincere milk, but we desire the meat and the bread of the word as well, that we may grow, that we may be strong, that we may be those who are able to take up the suffering of Christ, that the glory of Christ should rest upon us. And so we believe you for it this morning in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. amen. So for verse number one, let's go back to verse number one. Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same mind. Arm yourselves with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Peter is instructing us by the Holy Spirit that we should be prepared to suffer in the flesh like Jesus did. Part of the life of faith is making the body a slave to obedience to Christ. How many have noticed that? How many have noticed in your, in your life? Well, let's do this first. Let's define the word suffer. It means to experience a sensation or impression. And I put in, in, in parentheses, usually painful. <laughs> usually painful. 
How many have noticed that pain's a part of this earth? There is emotional pain, and there's what else? Physical pain, correct? Now, um, now God's design initially was not for you to have physical or emotional pain. But you know what God gave each and every one of us? Free will. And since there are two options to choose from in the spirit world, there's light and there's darkness, then we can choose. And sometimes we cause our own pain. And then what we're talking about here is actually suffering for Christ. And we'll get into what that looks like. And I'm not going to go into a religious tirade on why you need to die with a sickness or any of that stuff. Because I think that argument is very weak and unbiblical. Um, and I don't have time to argue that tonight or today. But I think if you look through scripture, you'll see clearly the representation of God in the earth was Christ. And he never put a disease on anybody. Amen. And so suffering is something that um, that we have to deal with as believers. It's part of the physical... Uh, uh, um, it's, it's part of our responsibility in faith to deal with our flesh accordingly, and sometimes that includes physical suffering. Okay? And so I know this is probably not going to make you jump up and down, but that's why the Spirit of God um, comes in so strong during the worship, so you'll be good and settled. Um, <laughs> but how many know I don't want to just I don't want to just have a corporate anointing. Come on, I want to walk as Jesus walked. Come on. How many want to walk into situations and go and and have the presence of God recognized? In order to do that, you're going to have to teach your flesh to shut up and sit down. Amen. You're going to have to have it under control and your flesh is going to go, this is suffering. I'm under grace. I shouldn't have to do this. You know, your flesh is kind of a lawyer. It's a stupid one. But, but, but it is a lawyer. Everybody's flesh is that way. Why? Because there's a sin nature in that flesh. If you just wake up in the morning and go, I'm going to do whatever I feel today. You can find yourself in trouble. Amen. And so you got to watch out for that. you got to be aware of that because your flesh has desires that you're to put to death. So uh, have you ever felt pain in your flesh when you did not fulfill uh, its desires? I'm talking about the fleshes. Have you ever done that? You ever woke up in the morning and your flesh goes, man, I really feel like praying today for at least an hour. <laughs> Come on, you see where I'm going with this, right? I'm trying to help you see because some of you are like, I don't know if I'm going to get on board with this train. What's the word of God? You'll be all right. <laughs> your, your flesh does not, you don't, it doesn't have a spiritual uh, desire in it. It does not. And you have to learn how to do what Christ, see Christ made this statement. He said, I only do what I see my, and he said, I only say what I Hear him say, and he suffered in the flesh because of that. I mean, you know, if you minister all day and then go to the mountain to pray all night, how many know your flesh is not going to go, this is great. What does your flesh do? Just, just don't, just let the batteries go out on your TV remote and see what rises within you. I have to get up. You know, years ago, my parents didn't believe in TV, or they did off and on. 
<laughs> but they, def- they definitely didn't believe in the newest TVs. So me growing up, even though there was remotes, we didn't have one. What did we have? We didn't even have a remote TV until my, I think my grandparents got a new one and they gave us their old one. How many remember the TV remotes that were that big? And like, you know, it was like NASA, you know, we're going to take off, the rocket's going to, all right? So it was, it was one of those old, but when we were kids, I had, I, there were times where my flesh was so in control, whatever was on the TV, I didn't want to watch, but I did not want to get up off the couch and go change the channel. How many have ever watched a fuzzy TV channel because you didn't want to get up and just, you know, adjust the uh, coat hanger that you have for an antenna on top of the, all right. Revelation of a little bit of my childhood. <clears throat> now you can just talk to the TV. I mean, you don't even have to get up. But your flesh has desires and they're not godly. My flesh has desires and they're not godly. Yeah, but you're saved. Yeah, and I still have a physical body. See, the last enemy to be put underfoot is what? Physical death. It's your physical body. When you have a glorified body, you won't have a sinful desire in it. It won't be there, okay? And I'm looking forward to that day, but there's no sense in us trying to live in a false reality here on earth. We need to understand that if we follow the nature of the flesh, it's going to lead us into a lot of trouble. And so we need to be aware of that because we want to be carriers of God's glory, not to be carriers or dispensers of the enemy's desires and ways. So, if you think of it, uh, of this kind of pain, like the pain of exercising, it will help you. Think, think of the suffering of your flesh in terms of exercise. Don't think, it in, think of it in terms of, um, you know, like sickness or disease or things that, where the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. What this is, is actually you're crucifying the flesh. So, Paul made statements like this. He said, I die daily. He talked about how by the power in Romans 8, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I put to death the desires or the deeds of the flesh. So there's actually resurrection power within you to dominate your entire physical nature. Do you know there's nothing in the natural that God has not already provided a grace and a breakthrough and a victory for you in the resurrection of Christ? It's just a matter of us seeing it and then walking in it. Amen? So he says this, you need to arm yourself... With this mentality, you need to arm yourself with the mentality that I am going to have to suffer in the flesh. That my body is going to want to do things that I don't want to do or, or that my spirit doesn't want to do. I, in the morning when I wake up, some of, sometimes, and my family knows this, sometimes they'll talk to me about things and if I don't feel it's real important, I won't answer. You say, why? Because sometimes I feel things in my body, and if I know I open my mouth, there's something that's going to come out that shouldn't. So it's best that I just make it not do anything. Am I the only one that's like this? Okay. (laughs) All right. So it's best that I just let the coffee go in, and then read my Bible, and pray. Spend some time. (laughs) Why? Because it just gives me time to go, flesh, you're not going to say that. No, you're not going to get away with this. And your flesh, how many know your flesh, even though it's older now, it still has the tendency of your two-year-old's kid in it. Come on, you ever looked at your kid and went, where'd that come from? Your wife look at you and go, you. (laughs) Why? Because we have flesh. 
We have flesh. I have literally seen adults pitch fits on a floor like a kid would. I mean, no, that's messed up. Okay? Just because, just because you're a full grown adult doesn't mean you have the proper perspective of one in your soul. Amen? And so we need to arm ourselves with this reality. To arm means to equip with weapons. What, equip what weapon in your mind? My body is going to try and pitch a fit and I have a weapon now in the Holy Spirit and in the fruit of the Spirit to go, no, you're not. Come on, sometimes you just got to sit there and literally, in, you know, you don't have to show anybody, but just bite your tongue. Just bite it. Come on. Everybody has somebody in their life that we might call them a thorn in the flesh. <laughs> okay, don't elbow your spouse. All right, so... <laughs> Don't tap your sibling, you know what I mean? Everybody has somebody. And guess what? I'm going to make a statement here, and it's going to be a real shocker to all of us. You're an irritant too to somebody. Me? But, But I've been seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. But we all share the same what? flesh and we live in a fallen world and so we need to the only way that the resurrection within you gets expression without you is if your flesh suffers amen okay let's move down just a little bit here in this um verse number uh two says this he says that you that he no longer should live the rest of the time in the flesh for the lusts of men but for what The will of God. Now, what did he just get done saying? You need to arm yourselves with a mentality. What's the mentality that you're supposed to arm yourself with? That since Christ suffered in the flesh, who else is going to? Now, I am, I'm in the faith camp. Okay. I'm in that, I was, I was, I went to Bible college at Kennedy Ministries. I graduated from Rhema. I'm in the faith camp. I've been around the faith camp for years. And people have this idea about the faith camp that it's just all a bed of roses. Like if you just say everything just right, you'll never have a problem. And I have no idea where they got that from. None. What I've noticed is, is that faith was given to us because we do have problems. You know, it's one of, it's one that I quote here a lot. But Jesus said, what? In this life, if you receive me, it'll be a bed of roses. Don't worry about a thing. I'll just make it all. You're, you're gonna have the greatest, most luxurious. It's just gonna be the most peaceful life in the natural. I'm just gonna make it all work out for, come on. He said, in this life, you will have what? Trouble, right? Trials. And then he said, but be of So if everything was just going to work out just Jim Dandy, the moment you got saved, then what's the point of faith? Why are you all dressed up in that armor? Why? See, we're promised victory because there's a fight. Amen. Amen. We're promised we have within us the seed of the resurrection, the ability of God to what? To dominate the nature of the flesh, to flesh, to come against the enemy. But the reality is you are going to deal or run into things. We live in, in America with people. People have this mentality. I'm on the planet. I just deserve to live in peace. 
Really? Really? And the politicians will get up if you elect me. How many have been long, around long enough, alive long enough to realize that's not true? I don't care if it's my flesh or your flesh. Our flesh is going to suffer pain. And the pain is going to be, part of it is just the reality of, hey, it didn't quite work out the way I thought it was going to. Come on. Or I have to work in an environment at my job where so-and-so is just a, a pain in the rear. And you know what most people do in those situations? They go, Lord, take me out, take me out, deliver me, deliver me, deliver me. Last time I checked, when I was reading the Old Testament and they went into the promised land, there was an enemy everywhere. They were fighting. Amen? So, you say, when will the pain in my flesh end? There's a point where the pain in the flesh ends. (laughs) Should we talk about it? (laughs) Either when Christ returns and you get a new body, or what? Yeah. And your body is so resilient, it'll turn back to dust. I mean, the moment you leave, it's like, boom, I'm out of here. We're going back to dirt, right? But once you get to heaven, and you're in the presence of God, or the Lord returns, how much pain is in heaven? Because why? God's in complete control there, right? So what we deal with, what, what, did, what, what did Christ have to deal with when he was here on earth? He had to deal with the what? The flesh. Not only, how many have noticed this? It's not only your flesh, it's everybody else's too. So this is why he makes the statement, you're supposed to grab your body and make it do what it's supposed to do according to the will of God. Now, I want you to see this and just think about this as you read through this chapter through the week. Think about this. If you sow righteousness, God can harvest righteousness in your flesh. That doesn't mean that your flesh is going to not have a negative response to something or not have a desire that's outside the will of God. But what you do is you can, you can, you know, uh, uh, Paul said it this way in Galatians. I think it's in chapter six. But if you sow to the flesh, you'll reap from the flesh what? Corruption. But if you sow to the spirit, you'll reap from the spirit what? Eternal life, right? You'll reap Zoe life in your physical body. In other words, you'll use your body, you'll produce within your body by the Spirit of God and the renewal of the mind, just like Jesus did. You'll produce what? You'll you'll produce life. You'll produce the will of God in your physical body. You'll have control over your flesh. Come on, what needs the most control in all of your flesh? The tongue. Ooh, the tongue. The power of life and is in that thing. It is a, it is, it can be a deadly poison. It can be set on fire by what? Hell is what the scripture says in James. 
But when you're dominant, when you have the Spirit of God and you have this understanding, you've armed your mind with the understanding of who you are in Christ, you've dominated your flesh, you're controlling your flesh, you're ruling it by the power of the Holy Spirit within you, you can learn to You can train your flesh to speak the right things. You can actually feel everything contrary to what this verse or what this this book says. You can say everything contrary or you can feel everything contrary to it. And by faith, you can control your whole body and go, I declare that the love of God is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes people are like, well, I want to that mountain's getting up and it's going into the sea. But how much did you control your flesh on the other things before the mountain in what you spoke? Before he got to the mountain. Right? So when, if we want to have power, if we want to manifest Christ, if we want to, in the sense of allowing that resurrection to flow through us, because we're not earning it, but we are increasing in demonstration of it, then we need to what? We need to control our flesh so that we'll fulfill the will of God. How many know, how many know this? And this uh, gives more clarity to the suffering that Peter is talking about. The suffering that we are to endure is our flesh not getting what it lusts for. Don't, dis- don't, don't use your body for the lusts of the flesh. That's what he's talking about. In addition, the flesh then gets to be subjected to the will of God. So we're not going to use our body for what it lusts for, and we're going to subject it to the will of God. How many have noticed that the flesh's desires are not biblical? Have our fleshly desires ever said, come on, think about this. Have our fleshly desires ever said, let's fast for a few days. Let's give money to the Lord and to the poor. Let's not gossip. Let's pray for an hour. Let's go witness to the neighbors. Let's control our eating habits. Let's control our spending habits. Let's forgive people that have hurt us. Let's rehearse the blessings of God. Let's suffer long and be kind. Now, if your flesh is saying that, uh, that you have surpassed, yeah, you're, it, it's not. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> Let's suffer long and be kind. Have you ever read through the love chapter and thought, I've never felt any of these things. We're living by faith from within out. Amen? Let's give our other cheek for the person to hit. Let's do what's right even though they did us wrong. Paul told the Corinthians, he said, brothers going to court against brother? He said, this ought not be. Why not rather be wronged? Do you know why, I'm talking about myself now, do you know why I'd rather not be wronged? Because I'm defending me. I'm now in the flesh, I'm now defending myself against someone else. I've I've now... You know, people talk about, we're going to go into the heavenlies and do spiritual warfare. 
We're going to all get in helicopters, fly over Billings, get up where the principalities and powers are, and start taking authority over them. But yet, if, if you really want to know a strong point to spiritual warfare, where you won't even have to rent the helicopter to go up there, we battle not against, but against... So if, if, if somebody does me wrong and now I'm battling with them in the flesh, what am I no longer doing? I'm no longer in spiritual warfare. And I am guilty of this. I'm growing out of this. Y'all believe with me. I'm believing with you, so <laughs> it's reciprocal, right? In other words, we have the ability in Christ to do what? I can make my flesh do the will of God. How many think that Jesus felt like going to the cross? Arm yourselves. People say, well, this is, this is just a, it's a trial. Okay, let me ask you this. Did you cause it? So this is how I, I, the Lord deals with me. Okay? I'm, I'm letting you in on my prayer time with the Lord or whatever, whenever He speaks to me during the day. If I'm, have you ever gotten a situation in your mind and you've had the argument one seven different ways? And then the question comes, and then you get to praying about it. And the Lord, I, I don't know what he does with you, but this is what he does with me. He does not give me more ammo to beat up the other person. He says, Sean. And I'm like, oh boy. I mean, no, you just, you, you go to the shed and you take a whooping like a man. <laughs> you know what I mean? You take the scourging and you, come on. Why? Because your flesh needs discipline. So does mine, right? And the Lord starts talking to me. You, you did this. This is the situation here. And then, have you ever noticed this about the Lord? He will plead the case of the other person and let you know what they're going through. And you're like, no, Lord, that you are not seeing this right. I, <laughs> I am pretty sure that, you know, I know the motivation of their heart. Ooh, that's dangerous. How many have gone down that rabbit hole before? Oh my God, it never ends. There are so many places to travel down the, down the rabbit hole of judging someone else. How many know it's best to just peep, to have people think you're just completely ignorant of what others are doing wrong to you? They, the world will look at you and they'll go, that person doesn't have a clue. But that pre, or that person just got a, they just totally hashed them to pieces in front of everybody. And you're standing there going, what? I don't, what? What happened? I don't know. Why? Because love takes account, does not take an account of a wrong suffered. So what does that mean? That means, you say, why are you going to deal with this? Because I believe that the church is called to carry the glory. And if the church is called to carry the glory, the church will have to control the flesh. Amen. 
Or we can all get together and just be sensitive about everything all the time in, in line with the soul, the natural thinking, and the flesh of man. And we will see no power at all. And how many know this? That in order to have a resurrection, you gotta have a death. Come on, we need to get back to the gospel where it's set to the place where what? Where it's set to the place where the early church did what? They counted it an honor to suffer in the flesh. Come on. For what? The sake of the gospel. Our Savior, what did he do? Did, did he suffer for us? Oh my goodness. Now there's a portion of that suffering that you cannot do. I understand that. But there's a portion that you can participate in. In fact, Paul said it this way. He said, I fill up my body, in my body, the what? The sufferings that are actually lacking in the rest of the body. Now that is faith. That is faith. Amen? Now, I don't totally understand that scripture, but over the years, the Lord's been opening it up and opening it up and opening it up to me to where I'm going, Lord, okay, what do you want? He's saying, Sean, look, if you want to be close to me and function the way I function, I've destined you to do it, but there are things that have to change in your soul. You've got to see things differently. You've got to put your trust in me in obedience and allow me to function the way I desire in your life. It is not, there is not this, just because the Lord has delivered a word to you, just because, and we'll just use it in a general sense, just because God has given you the resurrection, He's placed the seed of the resurrection within you, is no guarantee that you'll see the fullness of it in this life. People say, well, yeah, I'm going to go to heaven. Yes, you will go to heaven. I'm not saying you're going to lose your salvation. But if you want to see fullness of the blessing, fullness of the presence of God, fullness of the miracles, the signs, the wonders, if you want to see fullness of the fruit of the Spirit, fullness of the love walk, fullness of the resurrection operating and moving in your life, then there has to be a categorization in your mind that I have to, now that I'm born again, I'm a new person in Christ Jesus, but I need to realize what? That my mind needs to be transformed and my body needs to be what? Crucified. It needs to be crucified. Because see, what we've done through the years, and there's nothing necessarily wrong with this in honoring those who have mantles upon them to minister. There's nothing wrong with that. But you do realize that that's a mantle that comes upon them and that doesn't mean they have the resurrection operating in their day-to-day -day life. Do you realize this? That in Christ... We've been in Christed, so to speak. We've been put in Christ. That in Him, every person in here has the potential to walk as the Son of God did in the sense of we're able to demonstrate our Heavenly Father to the world around us. And you do not need a five-fold ministry call to do that. You don't. He's within you. So what do we know? What do we know? If I suffer with Him, then I also get to share what? His how many of you ever noticed, and you just felt it a little bit ago, in the presence of God during worship, your body loves that. You know your body's so stupid, it'll walk out of here and go, can you believe what kind of presence was in that place? Probably because I was there. <laughs> I wore the right cologne today, didn't I, Lord? <laughs> your flesh, my flesh, 
is good as a slave. It is good for the will of God. And as we continue to yield to the Lord and allow him to function in our lives and we dominate the nature of our flesh, those addictions that you have will fall off. They'll leave. Because there's, there's enough power within you to dominate the flesh. Dominate. Come on, dominate these things. It's there. We just have to apply that truth to our lives. And uh, as we do, it's going to be it's going to be wonderful. It'll be glorious because we won't just be individuals here and there functioning in the power. We'll be as a group. Amen. Would you stand with me, please, this morning? Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for your goodness. Lord, we thank you for your presence in this place. Father, thank you for giving us a, a building. Thank you for giving us brothers and sisters in Christ joined together according to your plan and your purpose. Thank you, Father, that we have fellowship and that we can enjoy the spirit of hospitality. That we can enjoy your corporate presence in this place, Lord. That as a body we come together. Lord, we know that you're not in heaven enraged at us we know lord that your words your truths your scriptures they all come together and they are ministered through and by your love and by the spirit of love lord even though there are times that we have correction we have these things happen in our lives we know lord that it's for our good and not for our defeat not for our not our destruction but for life and life more abundantly so father i join in my faith with these here today lord as you've gifted me as a minister of the gospel I use and exercise that gift as a weapon with them. Lord, you've armed us today by your word. And so, Lord, I come into agreement with them. And I pray the prayer, Lord, that you had us to pray in Ephesians 3. Lord, that we would be strengthened with the power of your might in our inner man. Come on, you just agree with me on that right now. Lord, I, come to, I ask that you would strengthen us. By the power of your spirit in our inner man. So that we can walk in dominance over our flesh. So that we can walk in dominance over our flesh. Lord, that we can make our flesh submit to the will of God. So we can move forward in your purpose and plan for our lives. Uh, Father, I just ask if there's anybody in here that doesn't know you or needs to rededicate their life to you, I ask the Holy Spirit that you'd, as you've been ministering to them and convincing them of your goodness, that you continue to work in them. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're in this place today and you either need to rededicate your life to the Lord or you've never given your life to the Lord, either one, your eternity is at stake. And you need to not treat it lightly. Because no one lives on this planet forever, but everybody does live forever. And they either choose by their choice. You know, sometimes people think and they have this idea. Well, if God's such a loving God, why would he send somebody to hell? You don't understand the equation. See, the equation includes the free will of man. And it isn't that God sends them to hell. It's that man chooses hell. And so I want to give you an opportunity to give your life to the Lord to rededicate it. You've, maybe you've walked away from You haven't been committed like you should have. And you know who you are. You need to recommit to him. And then you need to make decisions that keep you in the place of faithfulness to him. 
that empower you in the graces that are within you to overcome the desires and wills of the flesh. That may be that you need to change friends. It may be that you need to change acquaintances. It may be that you need to change jobs. I don't know. But you need to make sure first and foremost that your life is in line with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because Paul said in all the revelation that he had about the grace of God. He said, because we know the terror of God, we warn men. God's desire for you is life and life more abundantly. His desire for you is the blessing. It is healing. It is peace of mind and heart. It is all these good things that the resurrection has already purchased. But it is a decision of man's will that puts it into play in an individual's life. And so if you're in here today and you've never made the decision to follow Christ or you need to rededicate your life to the Lord, would you just raise your hand where you're at, please? Thank you. Anybody else? Yes, thank you. Anybody else? You don't want to leave this opportunity. This is... This is the opportunity, an opportunity. This is a moment where God is interrupting your life to save you. I'm going to look one more time. I already got these two over here. But if there's anybody else, would you raise your hand right now? Yep, I saw yours. Thank you. Anybody else? Okay, thank you. Thank you. All right, everybody together, if you would, repeat after me. Say, Father God. Thank you for your great mercy, for your kindness. You're so good to us. Father, I've missed it. And I confess it. In rejecting Christ. And not living like I should. And I'm sorry. I ask you to forgive me. And I know you do. And I receive that forgiveness right now. Holy Spirit, come into me, into my heart, make all things new. I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. When I pass from this life, I will go straight to heaven. To be with my Father forever. Now, Lord, I ask that you help me through the strength of your Spirit to to repent, to begin to make changes by your grace and mercy to live out the rest of my days for the will of God and not the will of flesh And not the will of the enemy. I denounce you Satan. You are not my Lord. You are worthless. You are defeated. And I am now seated. In heavenly places. In Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Well I just want to say this. If you did give your heart to the Lord. um, we We have a Bible for you. And then we also have a, a seven basics book. And there's also a card on here from us here at the church. There's some messages that we'd like you to listen to that are online. That's all free.
And we'd like to give these to you. You can either come up to us up here, and I think we have a couple of them up here after the service. Or if you go to the welcome table back there, um, you can... um, you can get the books there as well. Don't If you did just give your life to the Lord, sign up for the new believers class. Get, get, get grounded in these things so you can overcome. Amen? Well, guys, thanks for sticking with me. Did you learn anything? Somebody say it with me. Say, I am growing up spiritually. Amen? So we'll see you Wednesday night. God bless you. Have a great week. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.